This special edition of The Ringer NBA Show is brought to you by Any Given Wednesday, my new HBO show. We have our fifth episode coming this week, Wednesday, 10 p.m. It has Michael Rappaport, Danny McBride, Christina Hendricks, and Michael K. Williams. And it replays on HBO2 and HBO All Week. You can also check it out on HBO On Demand, HBO Now, and HBO Go. And shout out to our friends at SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast. Uh, The only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, have them delivered to your phone, and enter the event. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Do everything on your phone. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget the ringer.com. All of our podcasts that we have. The site itself has been fantastic. Great writing. And we have merchandise. If you go to the ringer.com, check out the merch link and you can get hoodies, t-shirts. We do not have hats yet, but we have everything else. Anyway, here is the special Any Given Wednesday podcast that we taped on Facebook Live. We did it live. We had some technical difficulties, so you'll notice I make a joke at one point about how we went from three cameras to one. But here it is, me and Chris Ryan from The Ringer talking about Russell Westbrook's future, as well as uh, the 10th anniversary of one of our favorite movies. Here we go. My name is Bill. Hey, That's Chris Ryan over there. Uh, we're trying an experiment, not just with Facebook Live, but with Eric, who works for Any Given Wednesday. And he's using like this TriCaster on this tiny iPad. I don't know how this is going to work. We have, we have two phones. We have tripods that look like they're going to keel over at any time. We, this uh, is the Facebook version of the Joe Dumars picture, where he has the two phones up to his head. Yeah, Remember that? With, with probably just as much success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's our social media version of it. But I have a new TV show uh, coming tonight, Any Given Wednesday, our fifth episode. It has Danny McBride. It has Christina Hendricks and Michael K. Williams. And I settle a longstanding beef with uh, my frenemy, Michael Rappaport. So that's at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, I think we're going exactly head to head against President Obama. So maybe you're not going to watch this one right away. Maybe it'll be on a, a DVR. Or it'll be on HBO2 in about an hour, or it'll be on demand or HBO Now. Eventually, you'll see it. I trust you. Didn't I trust you go you'll head find to head the with show. somebody else? Yeah, like we the did the week? ESPYs two weeks ago. Okay. We, we've had some. That's that we didn't create a show that you had to watch in the moment necessarily, although we love when you watch in the moment. But eventually, at some point, you'll watch, and I trust you. Uh, I want to talk some NBA stuff. We're going to start, I think we're going to do every Wednesday when we have a show. Uh, Basically, a Facebook Live podcast that will also eventually run on the Ringer video podcast. Sure. Stuff that we couldn't fit into the show. Topics that I cared about that just didn't make sense for whatever the TV show is for whatever reason. This week, I want to talk about Russell Westbrook's future. And Chris Ryan can vouch. Yeah. I was in your office on Monday. Yes. And I was telling you, if I have time this week, I'm going to write about Westbrook. This is a huge story, and nobody's written about it yet. And then within like two hours, five people wrote about it, and it got beaten to death. I think it's the most fascinating NBA, what's going to happen with somebody who has leverage, who can affect it either right away or in a year or whatever, since Kevin Garnett, which some people have made that parallel, actually. I've read that online, too. I think Kevin O'Connor wrote that. Kevin O'Connor did do that. Can I just... Yeah, go ahead. Really quickly, I feel like in your... 
podcast and video universe like house is your friend yeah. jacko is your friend am Who are i you? your celtics enabler like do you know you don't have me sit here so that you can talk to me about the way in which danny ainge could bring you back to the promised land <laughs> no you're you're the world's biggest russell westbrook expert slash body language expert slash russell westbrook stylist expert slash fan slash yeah. i feel like you have the finger of the russ pulse i think so as well as anyone the other russ than pulse maybe is Juliet. An earthquake but i i try to keep on top of it yeah. the russ pulse is like it's 110 over 70 sometimes it's yeah. 200 over 160 sometimes <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't know how to put it's our finger on the russ tyrannosaurus pulse. yeah it's hard to tell yeah. So he's in a really interesting spot. So interesting that I wrote down a bunch of different numbers. I actually prepared for this. You beautiful-minded it. Yeah, I did. I did a little bit. All right, so here's the key thing that happened. James Harden with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. He had two years left on his deal. $16.8 million in 2017, which is this upcoming season. $17.8 million the following year. So he had $34.6 million guaranteed. They renegotiated that. They gave him $118 million for this year and the next three. The next two years, instead of making $34.6 million, I don't know why I'm staring at the camera. Like, it's okay. I'm just going to stare at you. Good. I love it. We're learning as we go along. Uh, so he is now guaranteed $57 million over the next two years. They tore up his contract, and they gave him $22.4 extra million for the next two. On top of that, he got another $61 million for the next two. So he had $34.6 million guaranteed. Now he has 118 million guaranteed, but he sacrificed two free agency years. And they, they feel like he's just gonna he's just gonna grow into that role as defensive stopper. That it's the money is the incentive. It's a defense play. <laughs> <Yeah>. He's <laughs> no, I do think part of it though, and I and I think this was smart by by Morey, Daryl Morey, the uh, Houston GM. And I don't know, maybe he thought of this, maybe he didn't, but we knew this would have some kinks. We had to go to one camera. I knew the TriCaster was too good to be true. Is this working now? Uh Sorry about that. We tried three. Our Wi-Fi signal isn't great. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Uh, Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, we were talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and I was saying that um, I thought... That's Chris Ryan, by the way. Hi. He's back. We're trying to figure out what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook's future. And I was pointing to the James Harden contract, which he was guaranteed $34.6 million over the next two years. They blew up that contract... They gave him $57 million for the next two years, so he got almost a $23 million raise, and then he got an extra $61 million for the next two total. And then I made a joke about his defense. And then you made a joke about his defense that's yeah. gone forever because yeah. of the TriCaster. So <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons they might have done that, and I don't know for sure, is you know everybody's making so much money, I think it drives some of these guys crazy. So you feel like it's almost... Um if you're James Harden, you're like, wow, that guy's making that? Right. right. KD's going to make $27.5 this million a year make it 17 This is what I imagine John Wall thinks every every day he wakes up. With Bradley Beal. Yeah. Or, He's just, yeah, or with Reggie Jackson or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Ryan Anderson was making as much as James Harden. <laughs> and James Harden goes into practice. And there's this has happened a couple times in NBA history where like Seattle signed Jim McElvain, I think, in 97, 96, 97 season. He was making more than Sean Kemp. And Sean Kemp didn't wasn't chill about that. Sean Kemp did not like it. Okay, and then proceeded it, it ruined their team chemistry. They had to sh trade Sean Kemp. Okay, I'm not saying that wouldn't happen to Harden, but nice to take care of him. Plus, you lock him up for the extra two years. So with Westbrook, Westbrook makes 17.8 million dollars this year. Then he's a free agent. 
they could blow that up and do the same thing that Houston did for James Harden, and he would make twenty six point five million. Okay. So he would get almost a nine million dollar raise just for this season, and then he could make basically twenty eight point five, thirty point five, thirty two point five. So another ninety plus million, he'd be locked down, but he'd have to sign with OKC. Right. How many so that, years do you think he'd sign for? A. What's Say he could sign. He, they could rip it up. It's four. Okay. Door B, he plays out 2017, 17.8 million. Then he signs a five year deal with them that starts at 30.2 million <sighs> and ends at 39.3 million and would be worth almost $175 million. So he knows he has that too, but he'd have to play it out. What if he gets hurt? Right. Door right. C, he leaves. He does 17.8 million this year and then he leaves. He goes to Boston, wherever. And then after that, wherever, <laughs> then he does basically he signs what Durant did starting at 30 million sure. a year, four year deal. Right. Now there's a hidden door D. Did you know there was a door D? I didn't. I was like looking at the yeah, three there's doors. There's a door D. Okay. So he could sign a two year extension with a third year player option. Okay. He could get 26.5 and 28.5. So that would be 55 million combined. Instead of just the 17.8 for one. And then become a free agent again. If he does that, when he becomes a free agent, he's a 10-year vet. He gets 35% of the salary cap instead of 30. So the biggest financial upside is for him to do a two-year extension. After the end of this season? Right now. Right now. Okay. And he gets a $9 million raise for this year. Big raise for the following year. And then he can get out and he can sign for like $250 million for five years after that or some crazy number. I can't believe the numbers are get thrown around So now. what would you do? If I was Russell or if I was Presty? If you're Russell, no, if you're Presty, you're like, Take name, yeah, yeah, whatever whatever you want to do, here's a check. Yeah. Um, if I'm Russell Westbrook, I sign the, so w- w- the door A, what was the one where he can sign the extension? Door A is the hard extension. That's the two-year extension, the D, door D. Door is D is the two-year extension. I think, I like door, door D, because you. I like door D, too. It's just enough to experiment with, okay, is is Curry going to stay in Golden State? Is everything going to happen? Like, is this going to be the way the NBA looks for the next five years, or are other things going to happen? I have some flexibility with where I am, but Oklahoma is not a bad place to be in terms of the talent around you. You get to be competitive, and we were talking about this the other day. What like the money has to be pretty good on him winning MVP next year. Can we agree that Oklahoma City might not be the ideal place to live if you're a super famous black yeah, person from California? That isn't, that's not something that's going to be a... Would that be in your top 50 cities to live if no, you're Russell Westbrook? No, but I don't think that he's going to... That's not going to be dawning on him now. He either knows that or doesn't know that after all these years. But that's why this is so important. Because if he decides, I don't like any of these doors except for the door that has me leaving, they have to trade him yes, right now. right. Right, and there's only a few places that he could actually be traded where he would then sign the extension. And the only reason you would do the trade is if you could get him to sign the extension. Well, and you would also, you'd force a trade if you felt like that team gives me a chance to win the title. Yeah. But the problem for him is that, with the exception of my beloved Boston Celtics, every team would have to give up too much in the Westbrook trade to then contend. Right. Right. That that is the Lakers' rule there. Right, so the Lakers would have to give up. I have D'Angelo Russell... Brandon Ingram, and at least two firsts. Maybe one. That's insane. 
That's, That's too insane much. for. I mean, if you're Russell, you, just you go to the year. Lakers and you're like, great. I guess we can wait to see if we can get in free agency. But now I'm on Luke Walton's team with a bunch of D League guys. Right, and I'm hoping a year from now they'll be better. But he could just do that a year from it, now. This anyway. is the Carmelo thing again. Right. Yeah. He could go to Minnesota. For what? Chris Dunn, Wiggins, and a, and a pick. Well, you got it. So they're never going to put Wiggins in this, though. Who? The the t- Timberwolves. I don't, I don't think they, they put Wiggins. You in. wouldn't trade Chris Dunn and Wiggins for Westbrook if you knew Westbrook was resigning. See, I don't think he'd resign there. Why would I go from Oklahoma City to Minnesota if I'm Russell Westbrook? So, don't you think that Russell is kind of unique as an asset because it's so much of this is going to be in the eye of the beholder? Don't yeah. you think, in some ways, if you're Minnesota and you have the team you have, you kind of want to see what you've got for two years? Or isn't someone like Jimmy Butler? That's what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other team that could make a trade. Miami. They could trade Dragage, Winslow, Josh Richardson, and first rounders in like 2038 and 2040, because I don't think they have any left until then. And so it's just Westbrook and Whiteside? Yeah. And Dion Waiters? And Chris Bosch. (laughs) And Dion Waiters. And Dion Waiters. And Waiters Island. Well, do we have clarity on Bosch? What's going on? I don't know. Okay. I don't think anything's changed for four months. I think that team's being really careful about whether he should come back or not. Okay. And rightfully so. Um, so really the only trade where he could contend next year is the Celtics. And you could make any incarnation of that trade, but they could replace him with Thomas. They could replace him with Marcus Smart if they wanted him. They could give them Brooklyn picks. They could do whatever. And it would basically be an intact contender for him to go to. So you're, you're Bill, but you're also dating Ainge in this case. I don't do it. What do you, what, how much I don't of the cover do you, for him. you don't? No. You know why? Because I think Golden State's probably going to win the title this year, next year anyway. So this is the thing about why so he should or should keep my assets. Right. So if you're Russell, sign the two-year deal. Because the, the likelihood is, is that all you're doing if you're going to Boston now is making them slightly weaker or whatever. Because they'll have to trade, trade assets for you. But you're leaving to have the right to play LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. The likelihood is that you are not going to beat the Warriors. I think it would be nice for him to make the... I'm sure he would want to make the finals, but the Boston move is not super attractive. I just remembered I forgot to share this Facebook Live thing on my Facebook thing. You know, part of the fun of Facebook Live, I think, is watching people um, do social media as they're on social media. (laughs) I know a lot of people love that. So I'm going to do that right now. Live. Exclamation point. Oh, yeah. Let's take some questions. Wait, hold on. I'm not done with my OKC point. Hold those questions. Um, here's, here's Westbrook's teammates. Where? Oklahoma City right now. Okay. Tate, feel free to chime in. Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Who wants the max? Andre Roberson. Sure. Roberson, Roberson. Do we ever solve that? Yeah. Thibodeau, Roberson. Roberson. Yeah. Ira who hasn't had a memorable basketball moment in three years. Yeah. Steven Adams, the best center in the league. <laughs> okay. One of the best. Why are people laughing? Enos Cantor. Yeah. Cameron Payne. Uh huh. Anthony Morrow. Sabonis' son. Yep. And Abrinas, who people are kind of high on. Where's That's Josh your 10 Eustace man rotation. Is Josh Eustace just hanging out in Tulsa? What's he Josh doing? is in the D League. Okay. But the, the good thing for Josh is that whatever their D League affiliate is, is probably more fun to hang out in than Oklahoma City. <laughs> so step up. It's, it's at least that even. But. Um, but if I'm Westbrook, am I even making the playoffs? So here, here's why I have guaranteed playoff teams. Golden State, San Antonio, Clippers, Portland, Utah. There's five. God, okay. Then you have Memphis and Minnesota, who I think are playoff teams. Sure. 
If Memphis is healthy, sure. If Memphis is healthy, I think Minnesota's in. I'm penciling them in. Okay. Tibbs is worth 21. So that's seven, right? I have at least six plus Minnesota. Memphis is six and a half. Dallas. Always have to be Houston. Yeah. Sacramento. Ne- never. No. So there's either eight or nine, depending on what we say. There's a chance they might not make the playoffs. Well, then. And then on top of it, you have Westbrook, the pressure of just every night I have to shoot 25 to 30 times for us to win. I have to do everything. I have to do every crunch time play. I'm in charge. I'm the only adult scorer on this team. Night after night after night. People just have to take me out. They win. And if there was a player in the NBA who you think could not only handle that, but relish it. And love it. And love it. It would be Westbrook. That's why you're the Russ, we- Russ Westbrook whisperer. Well, this is the thing. It's like the same way that the value of Russell Westbrook is all in the eye of the team who is like putting forward the pieces for him. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is like in his own eyes easily the best player in the league. Like Russell Westbrook, when he steps onto a court with Steph Curry, definitely thinks that he is better than Steph Curry. Yes. And so when Chris he's Paul pl- does too. Yeah. And when I actually think so too. I think I'm better than Steph Curry. <laughs> we've when seen, I play him. we've seen what this looks like when Russell is out there with a bunch of spare parts. I think this team is way better than the last time Westbrook played without Durant. So when they when this happened near the end of 2015, yeah, it was 27 games. Westbrook took 25 shots a game. I think he had five shots over 30. He averaged like a 30, 12, 12, something like that. They went 15 and 12 in those games. Yeah, but it was pretty, with a better team. Pretty glorious 27 games. I mean, it was, it was glorious for the Westbrook television. fans. Yeah. yeah. It was glorious for Kobe, who was like off the hook as a ball hog. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'd have fun playing with him if he was doing that for six months. I think it's a lot of pressure to put on him physically and mentally. On the other hand, as you said, he's Russ. The moment Durant said, hey, I'm going to Golden State, he's yeah. probably like, fuck that guy. Yeah. I'm going to shove it right out. Right. Yeah. And then he's going to be in Russ mode. Yeah. I just don't think he has the teammates. Uh, I, th- I just think he has a better team than he did in 2000. Wasn't that 2015 no, he team? doesn't, like, though. Augustin and... Yeah, like- but they, they could defend is the difference. Like, they lost Ibaka and Durant. I thought Durant's defense was incredible in that Golden State I'm not going to disagree with it. Like, I thought Durant he was like, yeah. him and Ibaka, the length, being able to do this. Now it's just Adams. So That's let's all say... That they have no perimeter defense other than Robertson, Robertson. Oladipo can play defense. I'm, I'm, I was talking about bigger guys. But okay. yeah, you're right. Their yeah. guard defense will be good. But like, who guards Kevin Durant on that team? Ilya who guards Sova. Paul George? Ilya Sova just gets right up under him. <laughs> <laughs> who guards Jalen Brown? What That's happens cool. with Jalen Brown is a, a heat question. check. It's the question that all GMs are <laughs> standing up. Let him go. Yeah, just let him go. <laughs> who guards James Young? When he's Who finishing James the Young? Yeah, I know. Josh Eustace. <laughs> yeah. At the, the D-League. The, the Red main, Lobster's main scorer. against Oklahoma proper. Um, did you, what do you think about Kevin Durant getting this Tupac leg tattoo? This is, I care a little bit more about this than James Harden's extension. Yeah, if I had to rate it, I'd rate the tattoo over the extension. I'm with you. Okay, I agree so where? Well, you know I love Tupac. I mean, he's, this, he's the theme song for the BS podcast. He's yeah. one of my all-time favorites. I never at any point wanted to put his face on my entire left leg. <laughs> yeah. Can't remember ever having that conversation. There was also just this weird thing where Durant like had his uh his compression sleeves on his leg, you know, his leggings on, and showed the accidentally like showed the tattoo and then was like, I don't want it oh, I didn't you guys weren't supposed to see that. Yeah. And it's like, well you you got it permanently put on your leg, so it was probably gonna come We're up gonna at some notice point. That yeah. At some point. Yeah. He usually hides his tattoos. Yes. Which is what I do. Because yeah, that was the tattoos. first. He has like a huge back tattoos. piece, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You have a lot of, you have a huge no, back piece? I don't have any tats. <laughs> Is it just Tom Brady on your cross? <laughs> I think when you have kids, you can get a tattoo of their names, and it's okay when yeah. you're over 40. You could get... Yeah. Yeah. I would get... I would have them add your kids' names, Tom Brady saying them on the cross on your back. I forgot. I have a tramp stamp. I totally <laughs> forgot. I got one in college. Damn it. Yeah, the Tom Brady cross would be good. Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> okay. Or Tom Brady throwing a Gronk. Yeah. But instead of throwing a football, he's throwing a halo. (laughs) (laughs) Belichick's just got like a crown of thorns on the sideline. It's great. So you think, and I think I agree with you. I think Westbrook takes the Durant thing personally. I think he signs the two-year extension. Really is a fuck you to everybody. Yes. And he's like, oh, really? I'm not, we're not contenders anymore? Watch this. And basically this is all leading to, I want to put the biggest bet I've ever put on the MVP on Westbrook, except for the fact that I vote for the MVP and I'm not allowed to bet. If you're Presty, yeah, can you wait till the trade deadline? If he's like, look, I just, I just, I want to, I really like it here. I'm not really looking to move, but I have to see how things go this season. I think you, I think he has to tell you. I want an answer from him in the next six weeks. And Presty's history with James Harden, especially, it's like, oh, you're not signing the extension, traded him in like three days. But he also blooded. has a bad history of not getting a ton back for these guys. I mean, he got Ol- Victor Oladipo and Steven Adams is what that he was has a great to show trade. for one of the greatest collections of young talent the NBA's ever seen. Well, the, Ola- the Oladipo Sabonis trade I liked for Ibaka. Sure, that's a, like it's like a fine trade, but we haven't seen like them play out. Like You're basically I, like trading a team that went to almost the NBA Finals for the core of the magic. How much time am I allowed to talk about the Harden trade? 30 seconds? Yeah, actually, let's put a cap on 30, that. Can you, can you use time it? Give me 30 seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds stopwatch. Ready? That's really great. And the beard. Okay, so here's the thing about the Harden trade. <laughs> I think they liked the trade. I think when they made it, they thought it was a good trade. I'm I don't sure think they, they thought they he was a max guy. I think they thought, oh, wow, we'll replace his offense with Kevin Martin. Jeremy Lamb will replace him long term. We got this lottery pick from Toronto that's going to be great. And this is a good trade for us, short term, long term. We're going to be better, and I think he miscalculated. Oh, 23 seconds! Well done. Yes. That was great. Where is Jeremy Lamb now? Is he still in the league? He's still with Josh Hustis. On the end of the bench. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> okay, great. All right, playoff teams right now: Golden State. Let's say nothing else happens. Westbrook resigns. Okay. Golden State, San Antonio, Clips, Portland, Utah. We have those five. Yes, but I think that. Yes. Guaranteed five. Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how high Utah is going to be in there. Minnesota, I yes. All right, so we have six now. Yeah, Memphis so if healthy. We now have two spots left for Memphis, Dallas, Houston, and everyone else. I really... I, and OKC. I think, it, I think it's Houston over Dallas, and I'm also... I'm kind of like excited. I'm kind of interested in the, in the Grizzlies if they stay healthy. I don't think OKC makes the playoffs. I th- this feels like 2000... It's, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I think there's a really good chance they don't make the playoffs. But this, to me, feels like 2005-2006 Kobe. In 06, they made it. Mm -hmm. But they barely made it, and he had to have an MVP season. Right. So it's one of those two. All right, you want to take some questions? We're going to talk about Heat, too. The movie Heat. Yeah. No, the movie Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Um, okay, so you were talking about. Old Can you not read the mean questions? Mean questions hurt my feelings. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Really? Yeah. Oh. Thanks, guys. Who's everybody? Like 500 people? Yeah. No, you have more than 500. 1.2, 1,200 viewers right now. 1,200 viewers? That's terrible. (laughs) Where are people? Why aren't we doing better? 
Um, if Oladipo couldn't shoot well enough to be next to Peyton, how is he going to fare next to Westbrook? How will the Thunder deal with Westbrook, Roberson, Oladipo on the wings? That asks Frankie. And don't forget about Adams, who can't shoot either. That's the problem, is I think it'd be really easy to shut down Westbrook. I think that Billy Donovan should install a new offense. It's like the dribble drive, but with no passing. So it's just dribbling to the hoop. It's, it's just one on five? Yeah, it's just like you just go straight for the hoop all, all the time. What if it's like a layup line where it's just the five guys are in a line and they just attack the defense one on five and then throw it back to the next guy? I like it. That could work. What else do we have? Um, Darren asks, is Westbrook a franchise player? Yes. Yes. He's one. Of, there's only eight players that matter in the league. He's one of the eight. Jer- Jeremy Lee, I'm not one of the eight. Um, Matthew asks, why did Utah stop trusting the process and go for not one, but two two old pieces in J.J. and Uh Really little risk there, right? How much? How many years they give J.J.? Short short money. Yeah. Always good to have veterans. Also, yeah, totally. Totally great, great idea for them. I think it's awesome. Also, J.J. probably can't do anything but close games at this point in his life, and that was something that they had a problem with. They were relying on Hayward for late-game offense. This is a guy, he, Joe Johnson can still get his own shot. Veterans are the ones. To, should we repeat the question? Because Eric's not mic'd. I mean, I'll just repeat it. The question was, why did Utah spend money on on Boris Joe Johnson? Joe Johnson. Yeah. Two old guys. People forget with veterans. Veterans are the guys who are like, change your phone. She won't stop calling you. <laughs> and they're like, you should fire your business manager. I think he's stealing from you. <laughs> and don't invest in your cousin's car wash. That's why you have veterans. You need veterans on a young team. Yeah. I'm I'm a veteran for Tate. This is the crash. You Davis can't see Tate, school. but I'm Tate's veteran. If Tate's like, "Hey, Bill, man, I'm thinking about investing in a car wash on Sunset," I'm like, "No, you're not. I'm not letting you do that." Yeah, you got to invest in the one on Alvarado. That <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Alvarado is yeah. much better. <laughs> the one with the beard guy. What else do we have, Eric? So you mentioned that Utah and Minnesota are guaranteed playoff spots, right? Yeah, Minnesota. I said Minnesota and Utah were guaranteed yeah, playoff spots. Jeff wants to know why. Uh, Minnesota has Towns who will be a top 10 player this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have depth. They have a trade to make. They're very athletic, and they have a great coach. They have a top five coach. They have a top five coach. I and I do st- not see a scenario where he doesn't make the playoffs. I'm still team Rubio till I die, too. Yeah, and either Rubio's going to be awesome, yeah. or they'll flip him. Yeah. But, yeah, to and me, I like Dunn, too. I Dare I call them a lock? I think I call them a lock. I, I think... After seeing Tibbs at Team USA on on Sunday, I'm gonna call them a lock. Tibbs looks like he was ready for it. He was re- he was like he's, he's got so much coaching stored up. He's yeah. like, I just want to teach. I feel like I could have walked out on the court and been like, Tibbs, how do I box out? And he would have been like, get your position <laughs> right. He's tucking in his jogging jacket. <laughs> the uh, the difference between going from Sam Mitchell to Tibbs, yeah, is like going from a Facebook Live TriCaster <laughs> with bad Wi-Fi to just one camera. That's a joke for Eric. Thank you, I appreciate that one. Was Roberson's breakout offensive performance in the goal, in Golden State more based on him taking advantage of the matchup, or is there actual growth there? And if so, how does this bode for OKC? Was was Robertson's playoff breakout a fluke or not? Is I the think next it's question. more like when Tate hit six threes in a row in our three point shootout. <laughs> yeah, I thought the shooting was a fluke, but I'll tell you, I liked him and Waiters how competitive they were yeah. and how unafraid they were, and that's why I would, if I was a contender, I would assign Waiters. This is why it's the bottom of my story. mind that, that yeah. KD left for Golden State. I get it for all the personal and professional reasons, but they they could have beat Golden State next year. They should have beaten Golden State this year. Yes. When waiters started picking up curry two thirds of the court and doing waiter stuff, <laughs> yeah, 
I remember we were having a party on Waiters Island. And there was just two of us. But uh, but I, I just I went crazy. I we were having it. Waiters Punch. It was a beautiful sunset. But I think he has it in him. Yeah. I think the problem is he's so. I think I don't think he's a great teammate. I'm very excited for Waiters and Whiteside together. Waiters in South Beach. Yeah. Is this the most exciting player who's gone to South Beach since Damon Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think he's going to embrace it. I love it. Yeah. What else do we have? Jorin wants to know how big is your condo on Waiters Island? Big one. I downsized uh, during the summer. There was the recession. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I got worried. I got scared. I yeah. sold. It's, it's a two-bedroom. Yeah. It's good. That was my Waiters Island Storm condo. season in Waiters Island can be rocky. It can, it can be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to live in Zach Lowe's house. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a great one. Zami wants to yeah. know: Will Space Jam Two be a commercial success? Um, will Space Jam Two be a commercial success? From what I've heard, there's no script yet. So that I'm doesn't gonna, usually I'm, stop comedies from getting made, though. Well, they they need LeBron and they need a script. So this summer's gone, and now you're going into next summer, and who knows? Sure, it'll be a commercial success, though. Would like, you bet? Would you would you bet on Space Jam Two happening or not? I bet on it not happening. Okay, I bet one, on it not happening. one more question from one of our ten people watching this. All right, let's see. One of the ten people. Um, thoughts on Amari retiring? Thoughts on Amari retiring? I have a trade value column. I think from '05 or '06, where I had him like Western? second. Yeah, there's there's I, think I had a, him like right after Duncan. T, uh, Jason Concepcion and Danny Chow both wrote pieces on the Ringer about Amari. Jason wrote about his first season with the Knicks, but Danny wrote about his '05 Suns that ended in the Western Conference Finals against the Spurs. And he just like found this stuff of Popovich talking about Amari and just basically being like, I have no answer. I can't stop him. Like, yeah. We have nothing. Tim Duncan They let him get his 40 Amari. points. Yeah. 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 They just gave him the 40 a night, yeah. and then they figured it out. And they stopped um, everyone else, and it worked. And he was, and he was as Danny wrote, the, like, the sort of invention of a modern point center. I think they would have beaten the Spurs that year if... Uh, if Joe Johnson hadn't gotten hurt. I really do. To me, that's a it's not an asterisk title because injuries happen every year, but Duncan was really, really beaten up by the end of that playoffs because yeah. he had done the Olympics the year before. He'd played a whole bunch of long postseasons in a row, and he carried them that whole year, and I think he was worn. He wasn't the same Duncan in the last two rounds. You're obviously, like, you've watched a lot of basketball, but do yeah. you ever get, like, a little bit sentimental when you see guys like when you have like a Duncan and Stoudemire retiring in the same summer like this like I did. it does feel like an era is over era beginning kind of thing it does the, the difference is I think Amari Stoudemire retired for me four years ago yeah I, I just feel like is this, there a this guy from was like your childhood or from the 80s who reminds you of like that it could have been so much more kind of career I think Weber is the previous generation's oh. version I thought he I thought Weber should have been one of the 30 best players of all time. Interesting. And I think if, I wrote this in my book, I think, if you did his career 10 times, there's like five versions where he's one of the best 20 players ever. Like he's on that Malone, Barkley, Dirk, Pettit. Yeah. He's up there and it just, he just had bad luck, came along at the wrong yeah, time. Yeah, he's also one of those guys that if he had, if he was playing now, you could just imagine him being so good. There are some of those players who it's like, if they had, had like a different kind of NBA, yeah, they, they, they would have been amazing. Quick, uh, quick break to talk about tonight's show. 10 p.m. HBO. Uh, Michael Rapport and I settle a big beef. I would watch that one. It replays on HBO 2 at 11 o'clock. 
and then it replays a bunch of times. Here's the thing. Just set the DVR pass. If you're one of the 700 people watching this on Facebook Live right now, set it. Set your DVR pass, and then it just pops up. It automatically records, and you don't have to worry about you know, when it's on. Did I forget it's on? Just set the DVR pass. All right. Uh, so Do you want to talk about Miami Vice for a yes, second? Yes. The 10th anniversary of Miami Vice. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yes. Uh, you and I both pride ourselves as... Uh, Connoisseurs. We hold it down for this movie. Connoisseurs of the rewatchable action movie. Yeah. This movie, which I saw in the theater and left disappointed, and I, I'm not sure why. I think my expectations were just sky high they from the have series. Been higher. Yeah. Yeah. And Colin Farrell replacing Sonny Crockett, uh, 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 replacing John Johnson, and Jamie Foxx. I wasn't quite ready for Jamie Foxx's tubs, and I just I left the music. I. Now, now it's to me, it's like one of the best movies the last 10 years. Great rewatchable movie when you catch it on cable. I think one of the things about this is, so it's a historically troubled production, to say the least. Yeah, they had to change the ending. Yeah, guys partying a little too much, violence happening around the set where they were shooting. And it kind of reminds me of like, you know how like you'll list, you, you, there are these Rolling Stones records that might be a little uneven, but you know that like, Keith Richards was taking elephant tranquilizers <laughs> right. while he was recording it, and that makes it that much cooler. Like to have right. a little bit of like texture to it and, and and history. I think that's kind of what happened with this movie, where it's like the more you go back and watch it, you're like, did you know that Colin Farrell doesn't know what month it is while he's shooting this? Yeah, it's kind of amazing that he was even able to do that. Like he might not have slept for two months. Yeah, yeah. and then Jamie Foxx got freaked out because somebody got shot when they're on location. Somebody got in South shot. America. I think also Colin was like out of his mind, and Jamie Foxx is like, this is really insane. So they're going to film the ending where? What country? Uh, well, I think that they had to do a lot of the stuff in Panama that they wanted to do in other South America. I thought they countries. filmed the ending in Miami. Yes. I think that's what, because Jamie Foxx was like, I'm not going anywhere anymore. <laughs> so they had to literally rewrite to like, the last 20 minutes. Everybody comes to Miami, even yeah. though that doesn't make any sense. Because the ending is just like your basic shootout. And yeah. I don't think that's what Michael Mann wanted. I think he's still bitter about it. Because yeah. he's done a couple interviews since where he's he's clearly not totally happy about there's, it. There's some, and if you see the director's cut, the beginning is different. It's it's. It's a movie that was probably always going to be that it was never going to come out the way exactly the way he wanted it. But I think that if you go back and look at it now, there's so much stuff there that you know what's he incredible. Does that, like people wound up taking, stealing from. Oh, hundred percent. You yeah. know what's incredible though? I hated the music in the moment, but now I think he captured the specific time of music. Oh my god! Almost like how reality bites and singles captured like a certain era of music. So if you watch the trailer, the song yeah. in the trailer is "Numb" by Jay Z yeah. and Linkin Park, and I, I sent that to Sam Donsky, one of our writers today, and he said. This is one of those cultural artifacts that when you send it to me, I go 2006. Like, yeah. I know exactly what year it is yeah. based on the song. It's just, like, absolutely like that. And then they had the, they had, it was, like, a lot of heavy metal, Linkin Park-ish oh, yeah. type like of, was, but they had the In the Air Tonight remake. Yep. I gotta say, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed it. I think movie. it's a I good really one. encourage people to watch it. Soundtrack's there is a, good. Definitely a 25-minute sequence where Colin Farrell and Gong Li go dancing in Cuba, which they probably could have trimmed a little bit. But you know what? I'm into people's choices. Make your choices. All right. So I have a couple thoughts on that. One, <laughs> anytime anyone in a movie says, let's go to Cuba, I'm in. I'm just a thousand percent in. It's like, oh, they should go to do Cuba. that more often. Yeah. I can't go to Cuba, so I get to live vicariously <laughs> through these people. Yeah. It always works out. I always love when there's a speed boat going from the Miami go to Cuba. Boats. Also, yeah. the reason they go to Cuba is she's like, I want to have a mojito. And they're like, all right, let's go to Cuba to get mojitos. Yeah. I mean, I've said that. Yeah. 
<laughs> if I lived in Miami, I would always want to know at least one person who could go to Cuba. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, I know a place we could get a mojito. Do you like Gong Li in that movie? Because I've sure. come around and I really like her Because now. it's like, it's such a strange choice. It's so it's so out there that they have her doing like what she's doing in that movie. Where she's the cartel accountant. Do you but, know that she could barely speak English and had to memorize the wording of all her oh, lines? Like the phonetic. I, that's the what, phonetic. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And that's how she did that thing. I thought that was incredible. There's so many interesting little sequences in that. Also, just like the insane like white white supremacist bikers that are like the villains in that movie are ridiculous. How would you describe if you could describe the plot? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you 20 seconds to describe. Oh, the great. Plot. Um, hold on, I gotta get my clock. Again, people love watching people do social media okay. on social media. I found out. All right, stopwatch. Here we go. You have 20 seconds. Okay. Ready, go. Crockett and Tubbs are uh, narcs for the Miami Police Department, I think, and they wind up going undercover to infiltrate a cartel which operates in three different uh, South American countries, but I think out of Colombia, if I remember correctly. Seven seconds. Gongli is an accountant, and Sonny Crockett falls in love with her, and they run away together. Oh. But I can't remember you if they run away the together Jamie the Fox end, plot. And I left out Jamie, Jamie Foxx's whole entire plot. <laughs> I like movies where... Um, Somebody's in a relationship, and then there's some sort of hot sex object male yeah. that comes into their life, and the other guy knows it, and she goes down the road anyway, <laughs> and the other guy doesn't do anything about it, but you know he's going to maybe wreak havoc at some point. There's it's a, a great plot. The other thing about Miami Vice is a lot of great that guy performances, including incredible list Justin that guy. Theroux with a Miami Marlins hat. Oh. Yeah. Just, kill, just chilling. Yeah. What's the name of the of the black guy who was the police sergeant who was also uh, oh, Herbert Muhammad and Ali? A ton of stuff. He's, he's a, in good a ton of guy. Michael Mann movies. He's, he's he a also great plays the guy. jazz guy in Collateral. Who's that guy? Who's the guy who works for Gong Li's boyfriend? He's one of those guys. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of those guys. Like the the Jamie Foxx's girlfriend was it that girl? That was Naomi Harris, wasn't it? Is she check. Naomi Harris or is she that girl from Miami Vice? <laughs> That's I don't true. know. Um, the other thing I loved with Miami Vice... Barry Henley was Castillo. John Ortiz. Barry Henley, that's the guy from Miami Vice. John Hawks. John Hawks is in there, right? He yeah. dies in the beginning. So, we think that this movie is now a success. Yeah. Sure it is. It's absolutely a success. And it's a great rewatch. So if you see it on any cable network, you can just start it. It's not going to make any more or less sense when you start it in the middle. No. That's no. the best part about rewatchable movies. And also, the other thing that happened with Miami Vice, and this is what I, I've always argued with you for years and years, that it was the best Blu-ray I owned. Oh, yeah. And now it's like, I don't even... Do people what are Blu-rays? Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are Blu-rays? That was a good, tr- good try, guys. Blu-rays. But, yeah, good try. Good try. Way to take our money. You know what I'm doing now? So I'm just going to stream Miami Vice. There, I think fantasy, like, there are some people who are like, they're hanging on to the Blu-rays. They're like, Blu-rays, you never know. Those are the same people who were holding on to Laserdiscs 15 years ago. But if the cloud ago. ever goes down, they're going to be the only people with movies. Well, they had the deleted scenes, which yeah. were the big Blu-ray thing. And the director's thing. commentary were good. Yeah, director's commentary is fun. Yeah. But on the Blu-ray, the way he filmed that movie with the wide, mm-hmm. so the TV's caught up to the movie. And now if you have the right TV, it looks you're watching the Blu-ray, it's beautiful. That like shot the outside, when they're going to the guy's compound the first time and Mogwai is playing in the background and it's going over the waterfalls. Yeah. There's like no reason for anything. You know that this is the, my favorite thing too, is that in any movie where you're like, oh, I bet this costs like 
$3 million just to get this one stupid shot. But he was like, I have to have the shot of the waterfall. Yeah, it right. shows his majesty and his power. And they were like, but the waterfall, like technically that helicopter costs $2 million a day to raise. He's like, I need it for three days. He's we like, need the waterfall. He's like, Colin, don't you agree, Colin? I was like, I yeah, whatever, man. I'm yeah. good, man. I just woke up. He had a nagging cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love also... When people try to remake something and make it completely different than the original one, yeah, but then realize about halfway through they can't escape the original one, and they so, kind of give so up. So they just start tossing in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't start singing Smuggler's Blues at some point. Can I throw one proof of life thing at you? Yeah, but we should save this for our kidnapping I, pod. I, that's fine. We're going to okay. do a kidnapping pod with uh, Man on Fire, Ransom, and Proof of Life. Okay. It's just really bothering me. I've been watching a lot lately. <laughs> I love Proof of Life. It's <laughs> the one with Russell Crowe, Meg Ryan, and... Uh, David Morris. Okay. Meg Ryan's married to David Morris. David Morris gets kidnapped in South America. He's gone. She, these kidnappers want ransom. Russell Crowe comes in. He's a hostage negotiator with yeah. David Caruso. They go to find that. They do this whole SWAT team thing, planning the whole thing. They got to find out where he is. During the course of this, Russell Crowe and Meg Ryan. They start a relationship. We don't totally know that, though. They, they start sparks. a relationship in there's real sparks. life. Yeah. There's sparks in the movie, but they cut out the scene where they actually have sex. Yeah. But then, right as he's going to save the husband, he, they kiss. Yeah. And then it's like, well, now what's going to happen? So he goes, he saves the husband. Right. The guy's been living in the jungle. His feet are covered in blood. They can't walk. He's on broken feet. They're all scuffed. They're disgusting. <laughs> He's been in some like prison for nine months. He stinks. He isn't in a shower. He's been eating bugs. They save him. She's like, oh my God, big hug. Take the car. We better get to the hospital. And she's like, hold on. Walks out. Now the guy's watching. He's sitting in a car. She walks over to Russell Crowe. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, thank you. I can't thank you enough. He's like, you should go. She's like, what What happened with us? I'll never forget. He's like, just let's not talk about this now. Yeah. Your husband with the bloody feet is watching it. It's like, no. And she's crying. Like, they have this real moment, and it's clear something's happening. And I think he can hear the Van Morrison song that's playing, even though it's a movie and it's happening in the moment. So go. She cries. I think they hug or they uh -huh. shake hands. And then she walks back to the car. And this guy's just sitting there like... What the fuck? What the fuck was that? Like, like, yeah. how do you not get mad at her but for he doesn't that? Get You've been mad. in the jungle for nine months. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't though. get mad. But I'm saying I would be so mad. So you're really? I'd be like, really? Look at my feet. <laughs> Look at my feet. You throw that guy in my face. I got this Tom Brady Look tattoo for you. Yeah. I was just in a jungle. <laughs> I'd be so mad. That'd be the maddest. You would be like, I get it. It's Russell Crowe. No. It's peak Russell Crowe. I'm in a jungle. I'm eating bugs. Okay. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Ringers NBA show. Uh, thanks for hopefully tuning into Any Given Wednesday on HBO, 10 p.m. every Wednesday night. Replays on HBO 2 at 11 p.m. on Wednesday night. And you can also catch a whole bunch of other replays during the week. And you can check it out on HBO On Demand, HBO Now, or HBO Go. Christina Hendricks, Michael Rappaport, Michael K. Williams, and Danny McBride all on the fifth episode all week. Check it out. Uh, and don't forget to check out TheRinger.com and all our podcasts on The Ringer Podcast Network. And if you want to follow us on Facebook so you can catch the next Facebook Live, it's Facebook.com slash AnyGivenWEDS. That's easy enough. We're going to do something every week, I think, Wednesday afternoons 
East Coast time. So stay tuned for that. Follow us, follow us on Twitter, and uh, follow me because I I'm it's uh, at Bill Simmons on Twitter. Just in case you want to know what's going on. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of the week. 